0: An artificial deadline is approaching us and a hard reality must be faced by baseball right now. But the key word that I just said is reality. And that's where I want us all to live. This is Locked On MLB. You are locked on MLB. Daily MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Thanks so much for making us your first listen, as we're available on all your free podcasts and catchers. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pod, same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal, Solium at Solid Baseball on Twitter, Solid Baseball Podcast on Instagram. As the artificially placed deadline is approaching for Major League Baseball and the Players Association to come up with some sort of agreement from the artificially induced lockout, it's important for us to realize that in order for baseball to fix its problems, and move forward and become what I think is the greatest game of them all and should be the greatest game of the internet age, they have to deal with reality. We have to live in a world of facts. We have to live in a world where things are true and can be proven true. What is your pal Sully talking about here? I'll tell you exactly what. There has been all sorts of stuff going on about negotiations between the owners and the players. And I've made no bones about it that I've always been a little more on the player's side than the owner's side. Doesn't mean the players are always 100% right. Does not mean the owners are always 100% wrong. It's just that history is on the side of people who side with the players on this because, well, kind of, sort of, the owners have not been forthright and honest in the past about things, about labor negotiations, about the strife that they're going through and their positions. If you don't believe me, remember for years and years and years, the owners did not want any lawyer of the players actually reading their contracts because they held them outside of free agency, something called the reserve clause, for years until it was challenged. And it felt like a a game of Jenga when lawyers actually looked at the players' contracts and said, no, they can be free agents, what are you talking about? Remember, these are the same owners. Not not all of them are the same, but the the owners were not forthright about their finances in the strike of 94 and lockout of 95. They were found guilty of collusion in the mid-'80s. And there's been a history that no matter who the owners are, when it comes to negotiation, they're not always telling the truth. And if we want to come up with any sort of long-term solution, it will help if both sides are telling the truth and dealing with reality. And it makes me a little angry sometimes when I see the argument being framed as, well, it's just millionaires and billionaires just meet halfway in the middle. Well, why should the players meet halfway in the middle if the owners are not being forthright and honest? And How do I know they're not being forthright and honest? Well, the position that Manfred has been taking, digging their heels in, have been that, well, owners are losing money and this Major League Baseball is in trouble if they don't have the players make these concessions. This is the same argument that's been made ever since the first work stoppage in the 70s. Well, we're losing money. We're all going to be losing money. We may have to fold teams. We may have to contract. Remember that one? Oh, teams aren't going to be able to compete. Remember that one? Well, you do realize all of the franchises have skyrocketed in value over the last bunch of years. And if the values of those franchises were plummeting while on Rob Manfred's watch, then the owners would get together and boot them the heck out of there. You don't think the owners would boot the heck out of a commissioner, if they felt the things were not going their way, they did so with Faye Vincent and installed one of their own to be the commissioner. That was the one how Bud Selig got in there. And now Manfred, who's somehow making me miss Bud Selig, is somehow taking the position that teams aren't making money under his watch. Interesting. So why would the owners keep him? And why don't they open their books? Why don't they show their finances? This was always the big thing in 94 when they said, we're losing money. We can't do this. Okay, show us the finances. And there are always ways you can manipulate and do all sorts of things with money in ways that I don't quite understand. You know, this is the, and of course there's the the, the famous quote from uh, Paul Beeston. Of course, I'm getting some of this from a, uh, a Yahoo article written about a week and a half ago by uh, Hannah Kaiser. Um, but she, she quoted the famous Paul Beeson, who's the former president and chief operating officer of both the Toronto Blue Jays and the Major League Baseball. And he said, under generally accepted accounting principles, I could turn a $4 million profit into a $2 million loss and I could get every national accounting firm to agree with me. In other words, you're play loosey-goosey with the numbers and one sense show, oh, we're losing money, and the other sense you're gaining money. If baseball teams were losing proposition, people wouldn't be buying them. Teams would be folding. Instead, one of the things that's eventually gonna happen in baseball, especially once they figure out what the hell is gonna happen with the Oakland Stadium and the Tampa Bay Stadium, whether they're gonna stay there, or move there, whether they got to fix whatever's happening with those two teams, is they're gonna expand. They're going to expand. They have to expand. There are enough markets to do it, and they could use the uh, expansion fees. But remember when that was happening, when the strike and the lockout were going on, 94 and 95, and all the talk was, we're going to have to fold teams. We're going to have to fold teams. Oh, by the way, we're expanding by two. You show me a business model that works where you have to fold and expand at the same time. Baseball is not going to have any problems when they expand by two teams, whether they put a team in Montreal or in Portland or in Albuquerque or Nashville, where I I think they should put one in Nashville or Charlotte or wherever the hell they put it. Owners are going to buy the team. There are people trying to set up commissions in Nashville, in Portland, in Montreal, in Charlotte to get a major league team there. Why would they be doing that? if it was a bad business venture. So you wonder why things are not moving along. Well, if you come to the bargaining table and one side is not being forthright, and say, well, meet us halfway, halfway to what? We need to live in reality. You can have different opinions, you can't have different facts. Yes baseball probably didn't make as much money in 2020 and 2021. Gee whiz, was there something happening in 2020 and 2021 that might've affected an industry that's based upon attendance? Gee whiz, what could it have been? By sheer coincidence, ticket sales for movies in that same amount of time went down a lot too. Wow, did something happen in 2020 and 21? Must be the greedy players. There are things that need to be negotiated for, and the players have made some concessions. Now look it, in the end, I just want there to be baseball. I can't make that any clearer. But the fact of the matter is, we can't be surprised that if you lock the two sides in a room, that they don't come out magically with a new deal if we know that one side is not being forthright. One side is not telling the truth. And I've seen this before. I've read a lot about this. And I lived through 94 and 95. I lived through collusion. And lest we forget, collusion may have completely have changed a lot of how Major League Baseball's results took place in the mid-1980s. You think about teams that were on the cusp of winning a championship. And there were tremendous players available by a free agency. And they were not being signed? You don't think a team that was on the verge of winning a title could have used Tim Raines in his prime, Jack Morris in his prime? Could have used a catcher like Rich Gedman or Lance Parrish? Could have used a player like Andre Dawson? Really? Yeah, they couldn't have helped? No, no, we don't know what to do it. We can't fit Tim Raines in his prime. One of the best leadoff hitters in the history of baseball. Plug your into a team. Boom. Didn't happen. Did it? No, it did not. The owners did that. The owners said they were losing money before, and now they're doing the same. I'm sorry, you don't win the benefit of the doubt. If you're playing the same card, then don't expect people to jump up and down and say, hey, I believe what you're saying. We all knew it was going to come to this. But the fact of the matter is if they just said, hey, look, here's what's really happening. Let's figure this out. We can have baseball. Right now. Well, that, you know, also remember, the owners can just end the lockout right now. As I'm saying this sentence, I've made this point before, and it seems to go over the head of a lot of people. They could end the lockout right now as a sign of good faith and play this season under the current collective bargaining agreement. Now, would the players then strike in August? It's a possibility. And if they do, we'll talk about that then. I have a feeling everybody wants to start making some money right now. And we're going to have to start playing some games pretty soon. So we need to operate on a level of reality. But that goes beyond just the negotiations of a collective bargaining agreement. It also goes to the game itself and some of the things going on with the game. And it's a surefire bet that if baseball gets started again very soon. People are going to come clamoring to it because there are parts of the game that we need now. I'm going to talk about that in a later segment. And we'll talk about some things about the game and what it really is. But first, we'll talk a little bit about bet online. You know, football is over for the season but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land bet online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball bet online is your source for hockey boxing ufc odds right down to olympic coverage and information head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online is where the game starts and also let's talk a little bit about rock auto this episode is brought to you in part by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers and makes and models it's impossible for your local chain store auto parts store to stock all the parts you will need why endure often pointless or even intimidating question and wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on a computer choosing the brand that their warehouses happen to carry you have computers and access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, so go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know that we sent you magazine selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. They're at rockauto.com. What is baseball? Let's just talk about that for a second. Now, it's a sport, it's entertainment, and it's supposed to be fun. And I I swear I'm not being old man Sully here. Maybe I am. I don't know. Uh, I do know that there are elements of the game that will always be fun. And there are elements of the game that we have to remember may be the prudent thing to do, may be the safe thing to do, but it sometimes takes away from the fun and enjoyment of a baseball game. Pace of play remains one of the absolute biggest problems that baseball has right now. Now, that doesn't mean length of game. I'm stressing this. I can't stress this enough. Pace of play has nothing to do with length of game. You can have a very short game that is boring. You can have a very long game that is exciting. Just like you can have a 90-minute movie that is so boring, you want to pull your hair out. We can have a three-hour movie that's absolutely thrilling. It's not length of game. It's the pace of play, which brings up what does that mean? That means to create a game where, yes, you could have a pitcher's clock to make sure the batters are in there, to make sure that the pitchers are throwing, they're throwing the pitches in there fast. It also means embracing elements of the game, like speed, like going first to third, like stolen bases. Ah, but stolen bases are too much of a risk. Stolen bases represent something that is, in terms of the advanced metrics, something not interesting. That is, you want to have runners on base and you don't want to risk it with a stolen base. You don't want to risk things being put into play. You're better off getting a strikeout or a walk. The three unavoidable outcomes, strikeout, the walk, and the home run, Two of those are really boring. Now think about what I mean by that. If we're living in a world where we're not worried about a strikeout total, we're trying to build up the walk total so we can get the high home run totals, it kind of reminds me a little bit of what's happened in the movie industry a little bit, where they're only worried about making the gigantic blockbusters. They're not worried about the lower budget or middle range budget films that would be maybe potentially interesting or maybe not. You're going to swing for the fences, or just or hit it out or strike out. I don't agree with that, and I actually think the relying on the home run. When I love home runs, do what I like better. I like balls in the gap better. I like triples better. I think the most exciting playing baseball is the inside the park homer. Once the ball clears the fence all right got you know rounds the bases and everything and you know, home runs are, are exciting there's no getting around it i think the relying on walks and the looking the other way on strikeouts has done so much to slow down the pace of play and the removal of any reliance on the speed game and stolen bases have done so much to kill the pace of play that it's almost insane to deal with some of the other issues before we look at those single issues that have become part of the game. Much like talking about, we have to be real about negotiations. Let's be real with what's slowing down the game. If you strike out, that's at least three pitches. One, two, three, and he's walking back. No one on the field does anything. There's no potential movement of any runners on base. If you, throw in a, if you throw a walk, that's at least four pitches. One, two, three, four. Runner gets on base. Okay. I understand why it is, you know, the value of the walk. I understand why striking out can sometimes be a more reliable way to get it out because it's not a double play. I get it. I understand that in theory. I understand the risk of stealing a base. You want know, to? We're trying to hit a three-run home run here. You know, just get on base and hit the home run. If you're on first, we don't risk it running the second. Great. So when that runner's on first, there's none of that tension. There's none of that excitement. Are they going to go? Are they not going to go? So it means most of the time when you're at the plate and you're seeing, you know, games where the team strikes out 10, 12, 13 times is no longer noteworthy. What does that mean for the pace of play? What does that mean for the pace of the game? Especially if the pitcher takes a walk around the mound or the you know the batter takes a walk around the batter's box for every single pitch. Now, this doesn't mean to say everything used to be better in the past. I've been watching a lot about the 1972 postseason and the pace of those games are infinitely faster than the pace of the games now, but you also did have a lot of like manager trips to the mound, catchers, you did have to stop the game a lot. I think that there should be a pitch clock and I think there could be unlimited mound visits, but they just have to be within the 30 seconds of the pitch clock. Run up, say the thing, run back. But by not wanting to put the ball in play, by not putting an emphasis on putting the ball in play is one of the things that's slowing the game to a halt. Same thing with not letting a pitcher face a lineup more than two or three times. As I've said, I think a team should lose a draft pick if they change, if they relieve a pitcher with two outs and nobody on. I mean, I, I mean, I talked about the, the comical example of that that took place at the game I went to in Anaheim last summer where there was two outs, nobody on, and Jerry Colenick, who at the time was batting like 170, and Joe Madden made a pitching change. So that stopped the game, took out the pitcher, brought in a new pitcher, the pitcher warmed up, faced Colenick, obviously made an out, and then everyone walks off the field. It's, like, it's just slowing the game to a halt. Do you know what's interesting? a ball being put into play. Yeah. Most of the time a ground ball, the second is picked up, throw it to a first, but do what? Sometimes they boot it. Sometimes the runner makes it out. Sometimes, sometimes there's a great playmate. Sometimes something could potentially happen that can not happen on a walk when a runner's on first and they think about stealing a base. Yeah, they can get thrown out, but that's something happening. That's, that increases the pace of the play that increases the interest They're going throw back a couple of times and then they, they run off. They create a tension on the field, a tension that can not happen if we're not putting into value, putting the ball into play. Now a rule change I would make, you have to have two infielders on the left side and two infielders on the right side of second base for every pitch. Because, yes, I understand shifts make sense. Of course they make sense. Of course they work. Teams wouldn't do them if they didn't work. But do you know what? That also slows down the pace of play. Ground ball, oh, there's someone there. The third baseman's there. I want balls in play. I want person, and if there's a ground ball up the middle, I don't want the third baseman position there. I want someone diving for it. You know, we're we're losing out on highlight plays. We're losing out on the excitement of the, the runner taking off. Yeah, it's a risk. Do you know what's fun? Risks. Do you know what's fun? Taking chances. When the chances pay off. Do you know what's fun? Seeing the best pitcher face the best batter with the game on the line. Those are things that are fun and help increase the pace of play. Again, I've made a couple of rule changes I suggested. You only get four pitchers for nine innings. You know, if you want to make a pitching change, you know, sure, you can make you can make some pitching changes, but, you know, once you get through your four, it forces people to do something, forces teams to take a chance. Risks are fun. Speed is Fun. Going first to third as I scratch my nose on a hit is more fun than station to station baseball. Making the game, you know, swinging on the first pitch and getting a ball into play is more exciting than players grinding out at bats, no matter how calculated and how the risk reward factor, it's, it's it's less risky. Well, that's not as fun. I want to see the game faster. And that means addressing some of these key issues. We can't address the labor issue without one side admitting, yeah, we're not telling the truth. And we can't address pace of play by, you know, dealing with the window dressing without seeing what's grinding games to a halt. We have to be honest. The things that the analytics and the sabermetrics world, which all do great, I mean, I'm not pulling them. I'm not one of these old people in oh, my day. I may be doing that a little bit, but I'm not. I, I do understand what they're doing works and is smart. But it's also grinding games to a halt. And we want to address that, address what's really doing it. Making a commercial break short is not going to do it. Saying go to first intentional walks, not going to do it. The, the pitchers have to face three batters. That's already backfired because they're saying, oh, I can make that change. I will make it a change now. And that means in two batters the next day, I can make another change. That's already backfired. What's slowing the game down? This, the thing that everyone's doing. Hmm. What if we change this and change this? The game will still be slowing down. So we need to address collective bargaining. We need to address what is happening in terms of pace of play. And we also have to address what baseball really is. Now, I need a little bit of energy. I got one more segment to do here. But let me talk to you a little bit about Built Bars. It's that time of the year that most of us have given up our New Year's resolution. But not this guy. I'm sticking to him. And thanks to Built Bar, I can stick to my resolution of eating healthy, and being healthy because built Bars are so delicious, it doesn't even feel like I'm being healthy. It feels like I'm cheating. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bars' best tasting bars. They're the first ever protein infused marshmallow and they're fluffy, they're marshmallow. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered with 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, it's so good. These are gonna be your new favorites. All built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included. 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bar with these; they're better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from 200 to 300 calories. But go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and you're going to be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. 17 grams of protein compare that to a candy bar which usually has around 240 calories 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs mint brownie coconut coconut almond my personal favorite raspberry and new this month the new great flavor is white chocolate cookies and cream they're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time if they think a flavor might be good they'll make it it'll be delicious and it'll be good for you at built bar they're all about the taste. They'll make it delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they do it, but they find a way every time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Baseball is a sport, technically. Major League Baseball is an entertainment that happens to have a sport in it. Major League Baseball is entertainment that we can consume now, and one of the few things on the planet that we can consume live, consume live across all sorts of demographics, and can be some sort of, for the lack of a better word, uniter. Now I've talked ad nauseum about the fact that Major League Baseball is not competing with basketball, it's not competing with football, it's not competing with hockey or the Olympics or whatever. They're competing with Netflix, they're competing with YouTube and Amazon and Disney Plus and Paramount, whatever. They're, that's who they're fighting. They're trying to get your eyeballs, and they have a couple of things in their favor. They have a couple of things in their favor, the favor that they're live, that is a, an event that can happen. Daily, so there's new content all the time, and it's things that we can share as it's happening. Baseball needs to embrace itself as it could be the sport of the internet age. But it's also coming at a time now, a unique time for baseball to be something else a uniter. Look, I don't think it's any secret that we are living in a divisive time. We can't even agree whether or not we should treat a, we should try to heal ourselves from a pandemic. That's too political a statement. I have to wonder if I should say, hmm, I think we should try to do the healthy thing to not die. That's considered political. We're We're in a time where we can't agree on facts. We can't agree on reality anymore. And it's been so divisive. It's been so angry. It's been so much of a nasty time. We're all walking on eggshells. And think about what sports can do. Think about what baseball can do. Think about what function it can serve. Something that lots of different people can like. It can be that conversation starter. It could be that thing you talk about. We're all going to have to dust ourselves off and start liking each other again. I am admittedly pretty left-wing in my politics. And I have to like people who are pretty right-wing in their politics. Because I happen to be occupying the same planet. I am not on Saturn. We're all on this Earth. An Earth that's, (laughs) that's not in good shape right now. And we all have to interact. And at some point, we're going to have to interact with people who have ideas that we just don't agree with. Well, what are we going to talk about? We can talk about baseball. And it could be one of those things that bridges people. I know there are people who follow, who are listening to my voice right now, who follow this podcast, who don't agree with a thing I say politically. And yet they follow and listen to the show because they know that I like baseball and they like baseball and we can hang out I was in a, uh, a one of the commentators in a documentary called a Spaceman a baseball Odyssey it's about Bill Lee and I talked about how baseball could be a unifier saying at the time I said at the time George W Bush was the president and Fidel Castro was still leading Cuba and I said you can get Bush and Castro in a room talking about baseball and they'd probably have a nice conversation about it And that's what a uniter can be. Think about that friend you have. I have a specific friend right now who I defriended during this whole, all this nastiness, especially what happened last January. I said, I don't need to see this person's BS. Defriended someone I've known since the 80s. A couple other people, good friends of mine, writing stuff about masks and everything, you just go pound sand. Eventually, we're going to have to get back together and reach out to people we wouldn't normally want to be with. Baseball can operate on that in a time that we desperately need it. Hey, did you watch the game last night? Did you watch it live? Not did you tape it down. You don't binge watch the Brewers. You watched the game last night. We all watched it. It could be that thing that unites. I've got relatives who I don't agree with politically, but we could talk baseball till we were blue in the face. Think about like, you know, I think about, I, mean, I don't know much about football, but I always laugh when I hear people who want to do away the, with the college bowl system and want to start like this big elaborate playoff system. I said, you don't understand. We don't have bowl games to determine who's the best college football team is. We have bowl games. So there's a sporting event on Every day during the Christmas holidays. So when things get tense and everything, say, hey, can we just turn on the football game? And you can watch uh, the University of Broccoli take on Psychotic State in the toilet bowl. And people who are liberal and people who are conservative can sit down and just watch the game. And sometimes it's a local team. Like, hey, look at that. The local, you know, Cal State Santa Monica is in the Minute Bowl. So we're going to watch that. And it's something you can do and watch. It's like, oh, well, who's winning the game? Who's playing? And that's why there's a football game on, a bowl game on every day. It has nothing to do with determining the championship. It has to do with diffusing fights during the holidays. Well, now we're going to have a spring and a summer. And we're going to interact with people. And you'll look and say, so, is that a MAGA hat? Is that a Black Lives Matter hat? Are you wearing a mask? Is that a Bernie bumper sticker? Is that a pride flag? Is that one of those black and white American flags with the blue stripe on it? Is that a Ukraine flag? Is that a Trump 2024 sticker? Are you vaccinated? All these things that could create division And you need the things that can be uniters. Baseball can do that. And we need it. We need that more than ever now. We need the little things to get us back together. What about you and Mike? I heard things weren't great for you. Yeah, but we talk about baseball. It creates a sense of common humanity. It creates a sense of we can talk about this together. And from that, you can build a garden of, if not agreement, then at least understanding. You know, there are people who follow this show who I know are conservative Christians. I'm a liberal atheist, and we can get together and watch a baseball game together and have a lot of fun. I defriended someone who has followed this podcast for a long time because I really got angry at some of the stuff that he wrote. And I'm going to write to him and say, hey, look at." Let's calm it down. Let's find ways that we can build something back. Because you may hate this, I may hate that. You may think this is evil, I may think something is deplorable. But we're going to have to eventually share the same air, the same subway, and the same urinal at Fenway Park. So let's find That common ground. And the common ground we can all find is we hate the Astros. Boy, I hope H Tow was listening to that one. So look it. This isn't meant to be preachy, but the fact of the matter is this is something we all need to do, and we need baseball to do it. So owners be honest and let's bargain in good faith and get these unifiers that we need hey thanks for making locked on mlb your first listen every day locked on mlb prospects hosted by friend of the podcast lindsey crosby he's a prospect encyclopedia and he is going deep on the major league baseball stars of tomorrow with locked on mlb prospects it's a great show it's free and it's available wherever you get podcasts you can listen to us wherever you get podcasts and you can follow me on twitter i'm your but baseball solid baseball podcast on instagram Follow this show at On MLB Pods on both Instagram and on Twitter and right here on YouTube for those of you watching. Wanting to look at reality, reality in the negotiating table, reality in solving problems, and reality in the purpose of the game. This has been Locked On MLB. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, the reality is you can call me Solid.